Revaz Capital earlier this year launched a new social impact council that will advise on $1 billion of new Opportunity Zone projects over the next three years. How does council member and former NBA player Josh Childress view community engagement as one of the keys to Opportunity Zone success? Find out more next. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast, the weekly show where we interview Opportunity Zones professionals and experts from fund managers to tax advisors, from real estate developers to venture capitalists. If it impacts Opportunity Zones or the Opportunity Funds industry, we cover it here on the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Atkinson. My guest on the show today is Josh Childress. Josh is CEO of Landspire Group and a member of the Ravaz Capital Social Impact Council. And for Hoops fans listening who are thinking to themselves, hey, Josh Childress, that name sounds familiar. Josh was a standout college basketball player at Stanford and played for several years in the NBA with the Atlanta Hawks, Phoenix Suns, Brooklyn Nets, and New Orleans Pelicans. Josh joins us today from Irvine, California. Josh, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Really appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Josh. Great to have you here. Great to dive in today. So uh, you were you had a successful professional basketball career, but I'd like now if you could tell me the story about how you transitioned from professional basketball into business and what led you to found the Landspire Group. Yeah, uh, so um, growing up, uh, you know, always really envisioned myself as, as a business owner, even at a young age. Uh, and, uh, you know, having the opportunity to go to Stanford, um, you know, really uh, allowed me to see, you know, business at a high level, right, in the Silicon Valley. And uh, many of our uh, alumni and, and uh, scholarship donors uh, were successful business owners. Uh, and, and that just uh, was something that stuck with me over the years. And, um, you know, as I was, you know, transitioning, you know, my last couple of years of playing, uh, you know, I really wanted to, to step into a role that not only could create longevity for me professionally, uh, you know, but also um, could uh, impact my family in a positive manner, you know, and, and you know, I wanted to have something tangible that I could pass down to my children and, um, you know, you know, creating businesses, investing in real estate, things of that sort uh, are, are, you know, those types of, of assets. And so, um, that was my, my mentality and my focus there. Uh, and I've always just really uh, enjoyed uh, watching people, you know, build a building or build a business from the ground up and, and uh, just see the, the growth that they can create, uh, you know, and the scale that they can create in doing so. So um, it was just a, a intriguing to me from a young age. And, you know, I, I continue to, to be uh, even more intrigued as I got older. Very good. And uh, tell us a little bit more about Landspire Group. What does the firm do and what are your big picture goals? Yeah, so Landspire Group uh, was founded by my partner, uh, Justin Davis, and I. Uh, Justin was my teammate and roommate at Stanford. And so we have a, a longstanding history together. He actually uh, you know, took me around on my recruiting visit there. So I've known him since I was 17 years old. And you know, we saw the Opportunity Zone legislation uh, and the impact that it would have uh, in communities uh, like the ones we grew up in. You know, I'm, I'm from Compton originally, and Justin is from the Oakland area. And, uh, you know, it was our intent to uh, be a part of these, these redevelopment opportunities uh, to make sure that the 
social community uh, and the stakeholders at large would also benefit from some of the the upswing in the uh, investment dollars that were pouring into these areas. So, you know, it, it was our intent to uh, create Landspire Group, which is you know to inspire change through land development. It's kind of the the, the, the term, but um, it was it was our intent to to you know be a part of those opportunities to make sure that you know there's a uh, an impact and a, a responsibility uh, component to, to all the dollars invested uh, in, in these areas. And can you tell me a little bit more about your investment thesis or investment strategy? What types of projects or what types of properties are you are you investing in typically? Yeah, so um, we we are a young company, uh, and um, you know we have uh, invested uh, really alongside. Um, you know, great institutional partners uh, to date. Uh, I would say that our, our uh, two of our three investments are not opportunity zone uh, type investments, uh, but it's it's really about us gaining the experience and the track record um, to to continue to build our business. Uh, and you know, we have uh, you know a, a 300 unit multifamily deal we're doing in Las Vegas. Um, we uh, invested in a, a distressed hotel asset here in Newport Beach, and then. Um, are uh, in the process of uh, going through entitlements on developing a 75-unit affordable housing project in Compton, California. Uh, and we'll look to expand that platform uh, with more affordable housing uh, acquisitions and developments, you know, over the next few years. Uh, but from, a, from an investment perspective, uh, our investment thesis really is, um, you know, first and foremost, do good deals with good people. Uh, but um, I think to, to dive a bit deeper, you know, really target under-resourced communities and, uh, you know, impact change to land development. And, uh, you know, our, our biggest goal uh, in, in, in our, our company is to, uh, you know, change the landscape of what uh, commercial real estate investors look like and, you know, bring the next wave of, of real estate investors uh, into the fold um, who, you know, aren't necessarily exposed to, to the commercial real estate world, but uh, need that exposure because it's a, it's a powerful, uh, powerful uh, business and, you know, having uh, more individuals just get access to and, and exposure to uh, the power of commercial real estate is, is a, a big goal of ours. Yeah, that, that's an excellent goal, an audacious goal. And uh, I love that advice, doing good deals with Good people, very sound. Uh, we, you mentioned Opportunity Zones briefly a minute ago. You mentioned that your partner Justin is from Oakland, and you yourself, Josh, uh, you were brought up in Compton. Uh, no shortage of Opportunity Zones in those two locations. Uh, so can you tell me about how do Opportunity Zones fit into what Landspire is doing and your greater mission there? And what attracted you to Opportunity Zones in the first place? Yeah, so... What Opportunity Zones um, do as it relates to our mission is, you know, most of these zones or most of these, these qualified Opportunity Zone tracks are in under-resourced areas um, that, you know, weren't necessarily a part of the, um, you know, the, the, the growth about 10 or 12 years ago uh, on a national scale. And, you know, so for us, you know, we are representative of, of the people in most of these communities uh, by and large. And, you know, we have you know, to an extent, uh, probably experienced many of the things that these people experience, you know, in our youth, uh, at the very least. And so, um, you know, it's, it's important for us to, to make sure that, you know, at the local level, you get a better understanding of what the community needs are, 
from a programming perspective and just uh, in general, and uh, you know, making sure that you provide opportunities for those community people um, to participate in in development in some capacity, whether that's through equity, whether that's through um, you know jobs. Uh, whether that's through job creation via, you know, bringing businesses there. Um, but, you know, having a boots on the ground, uh, you know, presence where uh, we feel comfortable and confident to, to proceed on a, on a development. And, you know, our first, our first deal that we actually ever, um, you know, tried to take on as a company was really ambitious, no question. Um, there was a hundred acre redevelopment site here in Orange County. And uh, Justin and I spent hours and hours creating a site plan for it. Uh, it was a, a golf course redevelopment. And, um, you know, we met with the city, we did all these things, um, you know, and, and did them in what we thought was the right way. Uh, and that the city came out with their, their RFP and it was five projects of similar size and a $50 million balance sheet. Well, we didn't have either of those, right? And so, um, you know, there's a large barrier to, or high barrier to entry uh, into many of these deals, uh, but that's where, you know, we leverage our relationships and, you know, we're able to partner with other groups. Uh, but, you know, where we really provided value in that, in that deal was, you know, having a deep understanding of the community needs and really addressing those in the development. And so that's uh, where we have a competitive advantage and where we uh, will continue to focus efforts on some of the re redevelopment opportunities. Yeah, I think that's so crucial with Opportunity Zone development. A lot of the criticism surrounding the program involves stories of developers coming in and you know building up huge luxury uh, hotels or or luxury condominiums uh, and and maybe maybe something that the local community residents don't really need. So having that deep understanding of the community needs, having boots on the ground, getting in there, and especially with you and Justin, as you mentioned, having lived a lot of the experience that these Opportunity Zone residents are going through right now when you were in your youths, uh, it's very important uh, to make sure that those local community residents don't get left behind and that you really bring them in as stakeholders in what you're working on. And, and it's, it's interesting that you noted that that can actually give you a competitive advantage as well uh, when, you're, when you're coming in and, and, and performing some of these developments. Absolutely. And, and to that point, I mean, it, that deal didn't end up going our way, uh, but you know, it was a, a sports-focused deal uh, where we had a sports and event center at the heart of the development. Uh, and, you know, obviously we have both have backgrounds in sports, but also, you know, see the impact that sports had on our, our, our lives, right? And so providing more children with opportunities to immerse themselves, you know, in sports, um, you know, whether it be basketball, football, soccer, you know, volleyball, whatever it may be, um, you know, it, it, number one, you know, keeps kids off the street, uh, you know, and out of trouble. Uh, but also, you know, there's so many different uh, positives from a personality and a work ethic perspective that, you know, translate from, from sports into, you know, into real world life. Right. And so it, it was, uh, you know, a, a very uh, strategic play on our part, uh, not only because of our backgrounds, but also because of what we felt like, you know, the impact could be on, on the kids, uh, you know, and the adults in the community as well. Can I ask you more about your background, Josh? What was it like 
growing up in Compton and, and, you know, how did you stay off the street when you were growing up? Was sports really important to you growing up? Absolutely. I mean, had I not had a gym near my house, I I don't know what I would have done. Uh, You know, I I was in the gym every day. Um, That was my treat after I came home from school and got my schoolwork done was to be able to go to the gym and play. And so, um, you know, that took a kid like myself, um, you know, from having a bunch of other um, distractions to having one thing that I really enjoyed doing. Uh, And, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to say that I couldn't have, but, you know, I most likely don't go to Stanford, you know, if I don't have that gym there. Uh, and, you know, that gym has now provided me a life where I can provide for myself and my family, uh, you know, quite well. And, and it's, it's the, the roots of, of, um, you know, having an outlet that is so crucial to many kids across this country. And so, I mean, Compton, you know, has, has quiet areas. It has really, really rough areas. Uh, and that park was the safe haven for, uh, you know, for the kids on both sides of that, you know, to just come, come somewhere, have a meeting place and just go, you know, go live and enjoy them, themselves for a couple hours out of the day, um, you know, outside of everything else that was happening around us. Yeah, that's very, that that's great. Uh, it's amazing how impactful sports can be, especially, uh, for young kids. Uh, I want to shift gears now and, and talk about Revaz Capital. Uh, it's one of the more prominent Opportunity Zone funds based in California. You recently joined their Social Impact Council. What motivated you to join the council and, and what do you hope to achieve through your, through your membership there? Yeah, so it goes back to something I said earlier. Uh, it's not deal specific, but it's, you know, it's do good things with good people. Uh, I've known Alex for, for Alex Bethal for quite some time and, um, you know, gotten, getting to know him and, and uh, what he's about uh, really was the motivating factor behind, you know, joining the Social Impact Council. Uh, you know, I understand that they are trying to do this the right way, uh, you know, and as a firm and as a, an investment uh, vehicle, you know, that, that's all that you can ask for. And, and, you know, creating a, an inclusive and an equitable and an urban focused strategy, uh, you know, is something that we're trying to, to, to replicate at Landspire. And so there was just great synergies there. I think that, um, you know, having this council and, and having individuals who, you know, can provide real input, uh, you know, is, is crucial to, to being you know, uh, uh, a great investor. And, you know, they've been great to work with so far. I've really enjoyed my time with them and, and you know, look to continue to build on this platform, you know, to make sure that, that dollars are flowing into the community the right way uh, and that, that developments and redevelopments are happening, um, you know, in a responsible manner where, you know, the community at large is also benefiting from, you know, the, the economic, um, you know, investment that's happening there. Very good. Uh, you mentioned Alex Bethal for our listeners who may not know Alex. He's the co-owner of the Sacramento Kings and managing partner at Revaz Capital. Uh, Josh, turning back to you now, how, how does your work with Landspire and Revaz, those two firms, how, how does that connect to the broader portfolio of projects that you're working on? Um, you know, with synergistic in the sense that we we both want to see um, you know, development in under-resourced areas, right? And, and um, we want to, to both, you know, create 
um, equitable, equitable, you know, change in these areas that allow the community stakeholders to benefit, you know, from the developments. And I think, uh, you know, you know, there's probably some some time in the near future, you know, where we we come together and partner on a deal, um, you know, to make sure that there is complete alignment. Uh, and I would I would thoroughly enjoy that because I I do enjoy you know working with Alex and Lisa and, and the team over there, but um, you know there's so much synergy in what we're both doing um, you know for communities at large and I think there's a, a a great opportunity for us to you know just create that change that's needed um, you know the the legislation was was brought about to uh, impact change and and um, you know create some economic mobility in some of these areas that really need it. And, you know, if done the right way, uh, it's an incredibly powerful vehicle. Um, you just have to make sure that it's done the right way. And, you know, Revaz is committed to that. Uh, Landspire is committed to that. So, um, you know, by and large, uh, the, the two groups and our synergies and, and our overall outlook on this program, um, you know, create, I think, some, some, some great opportunities to, uh, you know, invest in, in you know, and thrive in, in areas that really need it. Yeah, understood. It seems like uh, those two firms, Revaz Capital and Landspire Group, mesh very well together. A lot of uh, overlap in terms of your missions. You mentioned equitable change. You mentioned creating economic mobility in these opportunity zone communities. And, you know, the whole thesis surrounding the opportunity zone policy in the first place is that, well, while our nation as a whole recovered from the Great Recession, of more than a decade ago now, the country's poorest neighborhoods, or a lot of the country's poorest neighborhoods at least, really got left behind in that recovery that uh, ensued uh, in the last decade. Uh, in particular, a disproportionate number of communities with black and brown residents did not enjoy the same level of economic recovery as the rest of the United States. And the OZ policy is really meant to catalyze private investment into these very communities. Josh, how should we think about these issues, not just within the opportunity zone landscape, but with investing in real estate more broadly? Yeah, I think, you know, when you think about the, the, these communities and them being left behind, you know, after the, the last recession, um, you know, I, I, I take this back to sports, right? And you're, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And as a country, uh, you know, if we aren't uplifting and, and creating change in these areas uh, and, you know, providing opportunities for more and more individuals to, um, you know, buy a home, uh, you know, get a good job, you know, and live, you know, above the poverty line, um, you know, that impacts us all in a positive manner, right? And so, um, you know, having the, the mentality to do so uh, is, is, you know, a large part of the battle. And I don't know if uh, many of, of our individuals in leadership truly understand that, um, you know, but there are a lot of people out there that are struggling. And you, you saw this accelerated, you know, through COVID, um, you know, a lot of people are in a lot of families are living check to check and, you know, below that poverty line. And so what can we do as, as a country to, you know, help people help themselves? And I think, you know, this, this program um, is, is that right. If, if we can, you know, create better living conditions, create, uh, you know, more job opportunities, uh, allow for, you know, participation uh, in, in some of the growth in these areas, you know, then you start to see, you know, real change happening where, you know, everybody is in, in need of, 
you know, the, the, the $600, you know, stimulus that, um, you know, it is, you know, really, you know, been a, a obviously a, a big touch point in the country, but, um, you know, creating more opportunities for people to provide for themselves and provide in a, a sustainable way uh, is, you know, what I think is truly important and what's needed in this country. And, you know, the, the opportunities on legislation in the program, um, you know, can, can help with that. Uh, obviously, it's not the end-all, be-all, you know, it's not the cure, but, you know, it can help in, in creating some transformation to allow more and more people um, to, to be in a better position financially. Absolutely, Josh. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, as you said, it's not the end-all, be-all. Uh, it's not a perfect tool. It's not going to solve all of our nation's problem, but it's it's a great tool, Opportunity Zones are. And I, I really feel like this tool can really help impact the change we need in these communities all around the country. Well, uh, Josh, it was great meeting you today and speaking with you today. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, I appreciate uh, you joining us today. Before we go, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and Landspire Group? Uh, yeah, so you can learn more about uh, me and Landspire Group uh, at www.landspiregroup.com uh, or uh, on my social media handles. Uh, if you search for Josh Childress, you'll find me there. But uh, with some glasses, smiling, smiling away. Um, but uh, my, my media, social media handle is Jay Chillington, um, J-C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G-T-O-N uh, on Instagram. Uh, and I'm always pretty responsive and try to get back to people as best I can. But um, you know, I, I always love to, you know, meet good people, uh, and do good, do, do deals with good people, and do good deals um, with good people. So. Um, always uh, interested in meeting meeting quality people and learning from from individuals and finding ways to to create uh, you know impact in any way I can. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Josh. I just pulled up your Instagram handle at Jay Chillington. Good looking smile, Josh. Love the glasses. Uh, really, really. <laughs> so go go check out Josh on uh, on social media and for our listeners out there today. I will have show notes, as always, on the Opportunity Zones database website. You can find those show notes at opportunitydb.com slash podcast. And there you'll find links to all of the resources that Josh and I discussed on today's show. I'll be sure to link to landspiregroup.com and all of Josh's social media handles. And I'll try to get a picture of Josh on there as well, like I always do. All right. Well, hey, Josh, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate it. And, um, you know, everyone just make sure that you continue to follow um, the work that Landspire Group is doing in addition to the work that Revaz Capital is doing. Uh, it's important work. And, you know, we hope to, to really continue to drive change. Fantastic. Thanks, Josh. That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by the Opportunity Database. Visit OpportunityDB.com to learn more about Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Zone Fund investing. You can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and read more about today's guest in the show notes by visiting OpportunityDB.com slash podcast. And we'll be back soon with another episode.